We say discussing, but we really mean attempting to hit a bullet with a smaller bullet, riding a train, wearing a blindfold. That's a good metaphor for what we're going to attempt to do here this evening. So what were we talking about earlier this week? We're talking about Urbit. Urbit. So this discussion will largely follow on the back of the New York Times article that we read. Um, regarding um, blockchain as a possible threat to the status quo structure of the internet. So if you conceive of blockchain as a a, a way, a, a new way of representing value digitally, you can think of Urbit as a way of representing land or, or personal identity digitally. So Urbit offers you in theory the opportunity to control all of your own personal data and, and structure your interactions with other people online in a way that is beholden only to you. For the low price of $10 and the acceptance of uh, some nefarious proto-alt-right philosophy from its creator, Curtis Yarvin. <laughs> so I, the terms and conditions that we don't read. Yes, indeed. So I think it may be worth talking a little bit about how blockchain solely as a conceptual form doesn't really destroy the current structure of the internet in a useful way, in, in, a, in a way that is responsible for accepting and respecting difference. Right, because that's how it all connects for us as STS scholars. So this week we're talking about the Bitcoin bubble, and we're talking about the internet. The history of the internet, the way that its network structure has remained, even as the ways in which we use it have transformed themselves dramatically. Right, and looking at the future, we're looking at companies and businesses and developments such as Urbit. The stakes of personal identity on the internet. Which, which currently is, is held by massive corporations in which Urban is attempting to shake up. Yeah, and I want to take that back to the beyond Bitcoin bubble because I think that was my biggest takeaway from that article is that before I always conceptualized Bitcoin as a, di as a digital currency, as a payment system, and one of the likes of a shine, one of the likes that... I understood from the article is that Bitcoin is much more important uh, to be understood as a, as that it has the potential to be able to create that database, the blockchain that we keep talking about. Exactly. It's it's really helpful to think of Bitcoin as just one implementation of the blockchain uh, technique of of valorizing uh, and representing information digitally. Um, the way as a financial system in which we could say Bitcoin differs from the status quo financial system is that representation is now completely decoupled from the material world. Whereas we almost see the digital representation um, control the flow of the material commodity form rather than create new ways for it to be represented. And this is another concept that was actually relatively new to me, being an 
even though I'm an internet person, that I consider myself an internet person, but this whole two layers of the internet, you know, internet one that was uh, founded in the 70s and the 80s and runs on the open, on like the original openness of the internet, and then the internet two, which is our, like Facebook and our, and our Google and all the, um, you know, large media corporations that currently run our internet. So it, I do think it's interesting that personal identity has been the like big revolutionary factor in the internet too. It's been a, it, the social media was a revolutionary change in how we, we use the internet as a virtual space to, to organize um, communally and then individually. But I think it's, we, we need to think really hard about how we got to this point of just massive um, the corporate control of personal data and and also uh, shaping of behavior because Urbit in many ways says it's not okay that Amazon has this little bundle of data about you. Google has this one, Microsoft has this one, and so on and so on. It wants you to have all of it. So speaking to how corporations came to control a large part of the internet and a large part of our personal data. So this is this is reminiscent of the fact that the first internet didn't have the like objects in place or didn't even have personal identity at the core of its thinking of the internet and what it was going to develop into. Which I feel like that was like the major ball drop. Absolutely. The social media arose because we weren't sufficiently satisfied with email and with news groups and with, with web pages, which were the language that the original internet protocols spoke in and, and that they outlaid in a publicly accessible and standardized and open way. Um, they were decentralized, but they were decentralized um, along the structure of you have a server here that holds some information, you're a client, um, and and the client and server can talk to one another in specific ways. It did not foresee that the the it's no longer as important for us to have safe physical ownership of a computer and that representation in the structure of the network because we can use so many devices. And because our, our information is not limited to storage on one device, it's mm -hmm. everywhere all the time. See, and for me, that's the problematic part is Urbit just in general trying to obtain this. I feel like like it comes down to me like like 23andMe, for example, and the way that they gather the genetic test information, like they do have all of our data and they still sort of decide on what they get to do with it. Mm -hmm. So in that same way, I don't quite see Urbit as flawless, of course, but also as non-problematic. What are some parts of Urbit that you see as problematic? Um, we don't really know yet how powers of control and of the creation and assigning of meaning of new information look when they're in the hands of the individual rather than in the hands of corporations or the state. That is a much bigger question than the implementation of a new internet protocol. That is pervasive in 
the advancement of human society. Values. <laughs> Wait, what are those? Shh, just instruments. We didn't say anything about values. So I think that's what's still in the gap for me is that if Urban is saying that, what is Urban saying exactly? So <laughs> Urban is saying, why don't we give everyone a cryptographically generated unique identity? They can use this identity to bind all of their data. They can access it anywhere. It belongs to them. They control how they interact. And Urbit likely won't, if, if Urbit or, or something like it catches on, it won't completely eliminate all of the, the social um, virtual services we use today. It will likely run under them. It will let you say, maintain the integrity of your data to yourself on Facebook rather than create something new that would replace Facebook. The idea of Urbit that is so enticing about it is its portability, that it can, can enmesh itself into the internet services we use today while repairing them of their centralizing tendencies. Yeah, see, that's what um, I feel like, that's what, it's, for me, it's not even under. I feel like when he explained it, I thought it was more like over, like like Black Mirror, like nosedive type, where the interactions that we would have in reality would somehow be mirrored in the virtual space. Is that correct? That, it, ooh, I don't know about that. My intuition for it was if we think of the user as the fundamental constituent, the individual, the person, um, that Urbit is, and, and, and if we think of services as, as springing from, from the individual, um, they, they serve the individual and they serve communities, but they, they are on top of the individual. Urbit is a way to represent the individual in those services. Um, in a way that prevents corporations from exercising dominion over how we act. And how does Urbit prevent corporations from exercising? Well, the idea is rather than all of your Facebook statuses, your pictures, um, your tweets, anything that you feel like represents yourself online, rather than its sole resting place and, and, and place for, for transformation and really meaningful interaction being held on those company servers. It, it, is, it is rather linked not to their server identity on TCP IP, the, the traditional protocol, but to your unique identity. So in this age of information, how do we make sense and how do we wrap our heads around the idea that it is necessary for us to construct our identities online? And how do we keep current politics and current problems and current events, current influences, current corruptions of the world, how do we keep that out of this new internet that we're trying to reconstruct on top of the old internet? I think a, a really modest and tentative way to, to start that process is by acknowledging that yes, the mode of production is now information, and yes, it is destroying 
and uprooting so many of our social institutions in a way that is almost too much of us for us to keep track of on a daily basis. People just tune out. We, we have to understand that we can't change the way that technology mediates society with technology. Yeah, that's the biggest one. That was like one of the things. So you can't try to change technology by throwing more technology at yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That was like a takeaway. I agree. 100p. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> I hope that it had at least a, a sparkle of levity. We enjoyed it. We did. <laughs> All right. Till next time. Signing out.